Hey everyone, good morning. So I wonder if you'll be tuning in tonight. As many of you all know, eight o'clock tonight, the Queen is doing a live broadcast about this time of crisis that we're in. That's actually a huge deal. This will be just the fourth time in her 68 years as Queen that she's done a broadcast like this at a time of crisis. And every single aspect of this broadcast will be meticulously considered and analysed. The location that was used, the language that was used, her demeanour, what was said, what, what wasn't said. It'll all be considered so carefully. It's a huge deal to the extent that even the announcement of this broadcast was breaking news on Friday in the midst of all that's going on. The question is, why? Why does this matter so much? It's because the presence and the demeanour and the actions of those in authority of us communicate an awful lot to us about what should be held as important and true, especially at times of crisis. It's Palm Sunday and we've just had Jimmy read to us the story of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. And, and in this story, as we think about Jesus' demeanour, his approach, the way this story unfolds, we learn so much about what is truly right and true and important to hold on to. And I'm praying that we will see the wonder of God in this and some things that we can hold on to for this coming week. First thing is this, God cares about every moment in his story of eternity. Jesus had hugely important things to get to in Jerusalem, like the hugest of hugely important things. And you might think from a narrative point of view, they would just jump straight there. But there's an awful lot of detail in Luke chapter 19 about how Jesus will enter into Jerusalem. He gathers two of his disciples. He tells them where to go. He tells them what they will see when they get there. He'll tells them, he tells them what to say to those that they will encounter. And then we don't just get Jesus telling them that. We actually get this recounted for us to the extent that Seven out of the 12 verses of the triumphal entry in, in, in Luke chapter 19 are about this, the sourcing of the donkey and things like that. Why? Why all this detail? It's because God cares about every detail in his unfolding story of eternity. Some 500 years before, God had spoken through the prophet Zechariah about this king who would enter Jerusalem on a donkey. But I love that the gospel writers aren't just interested that that fact happened. They're interested in how it happened. God cares about the detail. Day by day just now, this story is unfolding before us. This huge story. It's not that it's any different. It's always been the case, but somehow we're tuning in more and more now. And when I say it's unfolding, I don't mean it's being written as we go. There's not one thing here that's taken God by surprise. But we are encountering this story and we're listening in because it touches on such profound issues of life and death. And I want you to know that in this, in the, in the scope of that huge story, God cares about the detail. He cares about how you're feeling right now. He cares about press briefings and policy decisions. He cares about homeschooling highs and lows, about WhatsApps and Zoom calls, family squabbles and joys. He cares about the fears that you are encountering and the worries in the middle of the night. He cares about every single detail. He's not dispassionate. It says that when Jesus approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. He wept over the devastation that Jerusalem was facing and, and, and he, his heart yearns for it, saying, would that you, even you, Jerusalem, had known on this day the things that make for peace. That's what God wants. God's interest in the detail of our lives is not like some sort of cosmic surveillance. 
but his interest in the detail of our lives is like the love of a perfect heavenly father who knows the detail of every single little step that is required for a lost child to come home. So bring your worries to him. Bring the detail of your life to him, knowing that he cares. He weeps over the devastation of this world and the confusion and the chaos, even in our homes and in our hearts. He cares about that detail. He desires to meet us there so that he can show us the way of peace, so that he can bring us home to life with him. God cares about the detail of your life in this unfolding story. Secondly, God reigns with perfect humility. It's good and right to purposefully acknowledge what is true and worthy of celebration. So that's why our hearts have uh, been thrilled in these 8pm celebrations of our NHS wonderful healthcare workers. It's why that feels so good and so right because they deserve our admiration and our thanks. So when we gather in our streets and communities and cheer them on there's something that wells up in our hearts. Yes and amen and it spills over in these great acts of joy. It's good and right to acknowledge that which is true and important. I want to plead with you in these days don't forget your creator. Don't forget King Jesus in these days. He reigns. That's the point of Luke chapter 19. It's the point of this Bible. It's the point of this beautiful world in which we live. He's the king. What is it? The crowd shout, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. The crowd shouted it out. The stones would have had they not. He's the king. The queen can be a help to us tonight, but Jesus is the king. Policy decisions are important and these policy makers require our prayers. But Jesus is the king. It's right to honour our amazing NHS staff. But how much more appropriate and necessary is it, therefore, that we honour Jesus, the king of kings? He's a humble king. He comes lowly and riding on a donkey. He will soon after that stoop down and wash the dirt off his disciples' feet. He will then soon after that surrender his life on the cross for those that he would call friends, those who would abandon him and leave him alone. His love is a perfect love. His authority is perfectly bound up in humility. His reign is perfect in compassion. He comes to us lowly and gentle. Acknowledge his coming to you. In a time where we might feel forced to cower before a dangerous foe, how we need to see and behold true beauty and power and glory. And we see that in the arrival of our humble King Jesus. Let that sense of honour and worship rise up. He won't turn you away because the third and final thing we see in this passage is God will receive your worship, faltering though it may be. It says that as he was drawn near, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. But the religious leaders of the day weren't happy. They wanted it silence because they thought it was inappropriate. Now, actually, it was inappropriate in many ways, but not for the reasons that they thought. It was inappropriate because as much as Jesus entered Jerusalem with this cacophony of noise, this, these shouts of praise, just a few days later, he would be completely abandoned and alone. It wasn't very sincere, was it, in some ways, this 
outpouring of praise. And I wonder, can, can we not relate to that? Here in Luke chapter 19, the, the praise didn't seem very sincere. Maybe like this tiny little bit of faith that you feel now or sometimes feel rising up in you to acknowledge Jesus for who he is, but you're not sure if it's right or that you should let it rise up fully. Or maybe like the raw, unprocessed cry that you feel, not eloquent, not considered, but a cry to God in these difficult days. Sometimes we can shy away from such impulses to come to God like that. We can squash them away because we think, well, if there, if there really was a God, he wouldn't be interested in, in little old me. Or I don't want to be a hypocrite. I've got so many questions. I've got to get all my ducks in a row. So uh, though, I, though I sense that Jesus is who he says he is, I'm just going to walk away. Don't walk away. Don't walk away from God because of that. Don't withhold your prayer or your worship from him, small and faltering though they may be. Jesus didn't rebuke the crowds. He didn't sneer or mock at their tainted offering of praise. In other gospel accounts, as Jesus enters Jerusalem, they cry out this word, Hosanna. And I love Hosanna as a, as a word of praise because it's equal part prayer and praise. It actually means save us, deliver, rescue. And, and, and the reason that's praise is because it's directed at the only one who can truly do all those things. And maybe that's all you've got today, that cry of God, rescue us. Thank you that you can rescue us, God. God, deliver me. God, thank you that you can deliver me. God, help, help. I believe in you. Help me even in my unbelief. Maybe that's all you've got. Jesus doesn't turn away worship like that. The good news of Jesus Christ is, is that our peace with God is not dependent on the quality of what we bring to God. It's all about the perfection of how God has come to us and what he has done for us. He cares about every detail of your life. He reigns with beautiful humility, riding on a donkey, nailed to a cross, and he will receive the God-honouring cries of your heart. Dear friends, in these days, bring them to him. Small, unsure, broken though they may be, bring him your thought, bring him your heart, bring him your life, broken like me, as it is, he will not turn you away, this great God, this great King. Blessed is Jesus, our great King. Come to him in these days. Amen.